Had to go with some royalty free music there. <laughs> Chapter 40. Spoilers ahoy. A Stranger Things review. In parentheses, season three. What if that's what I just call this episode? It might be. No. <laughs> <laughs> it might also just not fit. That's the, the, the synth. At the at the beginning, but is it the ominous synth, the romantic? It's all synth? of them. All of them is. <laughs> if you've ever watched Stranger Things with uh, closed captioning, it likes to tell you what type of synth you're listening to. It's all of them in this case. Let's go with ominous. That's the one it does the most. <laughs> so we're talking about Stranger Things season three. Three. A one? A, one? a, a two. two. A three. Very well done. Yes. Yes. Handshake. Yes. Handshake sounds. It's exactly what a handshake sounds like. <laughs> yep. So, Stranger Things, season three. Season three. We binged it in less than 24 hours. We did. Well done, us. Yeah, I never binge anything, but I really wanted to binge this one. I binge a lot. And TV shows. I mostly binge food. Tea. I mostly binge food. Cake. Food. <laughs> uh, so, mostly to avoid spoilers, but also because I really wanted to see it. Uh, yeah, we watched it very quickly, mm -hmm. and it is fresh on our minds, and we're going to talk about it. Woo! So, uh... Warning, this will have spoilers in it. This is, but, non-spoilers. Talk spoilers to me, baby. <laughs> this is Talk Nerdy to Me, baby, the nerdy podcast where we talk nerdy to you and to each other. Baby. <laughs> baby. That's what this is. And so if you know it's a review from us, you know it's going to have spoilers in it. Yeah, so. but if you would like to have a general idea of what we think about it, we'll talk overall how did you like the season? Iwiki. I I think this might be my favorite season. Maybe. I I would have to rewatch the first season to really tell. I know I liked it more than I liked the second season. Yeah. But I feel like they they stepped up their pacing and I think we got a lot of like forward character momentum in general for the majority of the ensemble. Yeah. And there and lies like one new character that I really Yes. Like. I agree. And therein lies your non-spoiler review of Stranger Things season three. Yep, pretty season succinct. That uh, end <laughs> for you non-spoiler people. For the rest of you who watched all of the show just like we did, which by this time you've had uh, two weeks to watch mm -hmm. it-ish. Yeah, it came about out a week and a half. Fourth. It came out on the fourth. Yeah. So about almost two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't watched it, what are you doing with your life? Besides probably important it. things. <laughs> I mean, TV is important. Yeah. It, there's stories. And as we've learned from other shows, stories are the most important thing. Yeah. 
because who has a better story than... Eleven the Crazy. Yeah. Eleven the Powerful. Eleven the Plot Armored. <laughs> oh. The Paladin of the group. Or just women. We move the plot forward. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, this whole season was... If you are a female character, you are driving the plot forward. And if you are a male character, you are fighting the plot moving forward. Uh, barring, uh, barring subgroup Billy? subgroup B. Not Billy. Well, I mean, he is... Barring Billy? Billy Barr? I mean... He's the closer. <laughs> he closed out almost but, every episode. Yep. So Billy was, like, just too much involved in the plot to not move the plot forward. Though he was actually pretty stagnant through the latter half of the season, that wise. I actually mean like Group B of Dustin, Erica, Steve, and Robin. All of them kind of pushed the plot forward in a in an equal measure. They were like all united. Okay, let me add an addendum to that statement that I made. Uh, female characters. And favorite male characters move the plot forward. Yes. 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 Steve and Dustin. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else, you need to get your act together. And get out and of your own way. And stop counting to three. Yeah. Three is three is a bad number. Might be a magic <laughs> number, but it's also a very bad number. But it's black magic. And could possibly get you and a lot of people killed. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, not because plot armor. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Thoughts on the, I don't know, intro. So we open <laughs> with, it's summer. It's summer. It's summer. It's July. It's time for fun. I think this actually takes place over the course of just a few days. Yeah. Like it Because days, in days? the Second episode, mm -hmm. which I believe might still be the same day as the first episode, if not the no, because or so, the day after. No, it's 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 the same because they until they are done surveilling the people surveying the people with boxes. There, that's one whole day. Well, and there's like the dinner that that got missed, and the following day, uh. In episode is in episode two mm. because he goes to the mayor and the mayor's like I'm gonna throw a Fourth of July bash which is in a few days. Yeah. Like I'm gonna throw a season finale party, <laughs> which happens in a few days Episodes. within the show. So. Yeah. So it takes place over the span of a few days. Yeah. Um. Casey likes to make fun of my absolute hatred for Billy Hardgrove. It's just really funny. <laughs> He's gross. You know, nothing against the actor. Billy is gross. We've spent so much time focused on him. I've never felt real sympathy for him until the very end of the season. But, like, the entire time, I'm just looking at him and I'm just like, ew. Everything about you is ew. Why? Also, the trailer totally gave away the fact that he was going to end up being, like, the big bad. <laughs> and no one cared to try to save him. Well, I mean... They made his, the last season, in season two, like, they just made him so just... Awful. Yeah. He was racist. He was abusive. And, and I get, 
He has a bad family. Like, his father is awful. Obviously, stuff happened with his mom. Like, abandoned him or whatever. And I get that. I have full sympathy and full empathy for people who go through that. I don't... That gives you no right to do that to other people. Bad things happening to you doesn't give you the right to be a bad person. Don't make history repeat itself. Yeah, and it's one of those things of, like... We could have gotten an arc of him growing to be a good person. Because, you know, he starts off very much not a good person. Or whatever. There's a lot of arcs that he could have had. He just takes one little baby step. Yep. And then... R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. to my youth. Did you see that mullet making it to another season? Because I wasn't really expecting it to. I mean, so... At the end of last season... Billy had two options, pretty much. He continues to be the bad guy and just kind of fades out, which is a little bit of what happened this season. Or he gets Steved. Yeah. Because Steve, in the first season, until like the last two episodes, is like really not great. But Steve still, the difference between the two of them is in I mean, like season one Steve and Billy, is that season one Steve... Uh, just had this air about him that's like he's not really he's not a great person he's but he's also a not a terrible par- terrible person no he's just your average like douchey teenager like i still liked him in season one and even felt bad for him near the end of it and i'm just like oh this kid's not actually that bad like it seemed like they were trying to do like the bad boyfriend thing to yeah. him and it didn't quite work no well because to he, the point that it tried. like like he did some awful stuff like, Steve did some awful stuff and owned up to it. Like, the the whole thing is, like, he actually really owned up to it and had character growth. It, even in just the first season. Yeah. And Billy so, was just gross. I feel, like, I feel like it was one of those things that, as they started to film the show, and they had a certain route in mind for the character, mm-hmm. and then, whether it be, like, with the actor or with the writing or a combination of both, they're like, oh, man... Kind of like this guy. Can't really kill him or get rid of him. We gotta keep him. Gotta gotta keep him around. You and that hair, man. Uh, but anyway, we have Billy Hargrove. I I never liked him, but I feel bad for him. It, It because like you know they give us a reason to really feel bad for him, and I feel bad that no one cared to really save him or try. Yeah, I guess it just begs the question of, like, if you do so many bad things, like, and such succession like that, like, are people going to, uh, like, is, is he, I guess the question is, is he, was he past redemption? I, there's not many characters you can put past the point of redemption. Um, so I feel like they could have, like, they could have seriously given him an arc of like you know being a better guy it instead he gets to die lonely and so like the the biggest heartbreak for me in this season because of people saying stuff about what might happen next season is that like you know billy pretty much died alone and uh, and sad and sad because like his last words are sorry to Max and spoiler alert he dies. Um, 
his last words are just saying, I'm sorry to Max because, you know, he was a bad brother and what have you, but... And we saw, like, slight hesitation from Max, but it wasn't to the point of, like, uh, I'm going to uh, put others at risk because he's my brother. Yeah. She was like, nope, he's still kind of a terrible person and I don't trust him. Because she's always slightly scared of him. And for rightly so, yeah, rightly so. We've never been given a reason to like him, and we are introduced to him in this season as someone who's like trying to sleep with married women, and so like we're not given any real good qualities about him except for his backstory, and the one time when he's like, "Yeah, I'll try to save this kid," but other than that, like we get nothing. Yeah, it's kind of like the tragic. Uh, fall because it was like you redeemed yourself at the end but uh, it was too late to save yourself. It was too late to save yourself and it was too late because I feel like he was almost picked by the, the mind flayer like oh here's a terrible person that mm-hmm. that I can feed off of. Yeah because he was like the main host. Yeah because he was the catalyst for everything else. Well that and like here's the thing he's also set up as like this swaggering charming person that people are like attracted. are you saying the mind flayer needed a charisma based character to fulfill its needs yes cool <laughs> and also the biggest harp on this season the disrespect of, of the, the d, d and d, d. <laughs> man these kids start off loving Dungeons and Dragons and now just can't have time for it. Throw your books away. Who cares? No one cares. Yeah, it's literally the thing that brought you all together. And they're, and poor Will's like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons. This can help me get over my traumatic experiences because I was actually in the Upside Down for a long time. And this is helping and me And then cope. I was possessed. And then they're like, we have girlfriends. We don't care. Is Will supposed to be gay? They definitely seem imply to, it. They definitely imply it because uh, everyone else is off getting girlfriends, and he's like, "I know you, I know you don't like girls." Mm-hmm. So it seems to be that way, and yeah. and poor guy just wants to hang out with his friends. Yeah, and so he just wants some semblance of normalcy. You know? Yeah. Just something to make him feel tethered to the world that he wants to be in. Which is not the upside down. Which is not the upside down. And also apparently has uh, spidey senses. Yep. He's got the will tingle. Yep. Uh, If you listened to our last episode, you might, because it was a review of Spider-Man, you might get that joke. (coughs) And if you didn't, okay. (laughs) <laughs> maybe do that after this uh, I feel like Will is kind of always the outlier of the group because he was the one that went missing and got yep. so little screen time in the first season yep. and uh, and I mean to be quite honest like, but he was not the outlier of puberty man no shot up like a weed hit him hard uh, but I feel like he also wasn't like the strongest actor of, of the group mm-hmm. Uh but man, I just felt for him so hard. Like when he tears down the uh, was it Castle Byers? Yeah. I'm just like, dude, just wants to hang out with his friends, and he just wants to play D and D, 
And you guys are robbing him of that because of hormones. Yep. I mean, it's that point in time where kids... Are pre- little... You know? Little jerks. shits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just, you know, they forget things because they get over-involved in all of this new stuff and the overwhelming nature of your body just going through a hurricane of everything that, you know, they forget it until they reach, like, later in college and then they're like, oh, hey, I liked this thing again. I really... The... Something that I, I really enjoyed about the the pubescent plot part of the plot is I really liked how they handled Max and uh, L. Yeah, uh, they were because, good. Like she, she, she's feeling more and more rounded out as a character. Yeah, well, she had almost no female interaction in any other season except for Joyce. Right, and even that was like super limited. Yeah, her finally getting to explore what it's like to be like a teenage girl. And one of the best parts of the season, I dump your, your ass. ass. <laughs> that was so good and well deserved. Uh, yeah, the I feel like my least favorite like person of the main ensemble this season. It might have was like Mike. Like he was such a little jerk. Yeah, I I feel like there's there's another example I can't quite think of where it was just like if it, it would have been fine if oh it was the Tobey Maguire Spider Man effect where instead of being like. You have all this hatred because the guy thinks you killed his father, and instead of saying, I didn't, he freaking killed himself because he was evil and impaled himself with his own glider. It's, I didn't do it. I wouldn't do that. He says, there are more important things. You're like, why didn't you just take the half a second to be like, I didn't do it? Uh, it was kind of the thing with Mike. It was just like, you could just say, you're a kid. Like, you're just gonna, you, you could have just been like, I'm sorry. Your your dad didn't doesn't want us seeing each other. Like you could have just said that, yep. and instead oh. just made it worse. Oh, let's. So I I feel like Mike was just like a little. He was just a bit annoying during part of it. But I also just got pissed at Hopper, because <laughs> like so I've had this conversation with a few people. So let me say this: we get eighty sitcom dad Hopper, and that's not a good thing. What what gets me is, so, like, we have Joyce and we have, uh, like, Elle's story with the boys, like, not understanding her as, like, you know, a growing independent lady. And then you have Nancy in this job where people are not understanding her as a growing independent lady. Okay. My computer just agrees with me. And so we you get all of that. And what you're getting are, like, these horrible dudes being portrayed as villains. Like, specifically, the, like, the guys in Nancy's newsroom. They're being portrayed as villains because of the way they treat her and the language that they use and all of that. And then you get Hopper, who's, to a lesser degree, for sure. Just as bad. Yeah. He's doing the same things. He's not, like, with Joyce, he's not, and, and L. He's not letting them have agency over their feelings. He's not treating them like, you know, people who get to make their own decisions and choices. Like, instead of having the heart-to-heart talk, he just freaks out and, like, threatens a child. And, like, he tries to trick Joyce into going on a date. And then, yeah, 
he can be legitimately mad about, you know, her standing him up and not telling him. But you also li- tried to trick her into going on a date with you. Yeah, you were also, like, he took everything too far. Yeah. that Like, this season was him taking it too far. And granted, you know, they gave him space to get, to to change and get that character development. But yeah, he was kind of a jerk. Yeah, and so, like... I mean, he's kind of, he's a jerk in the other seasons, too. Yeah, but. it just, like, I think it was the fact that they, they paired that together with having Nancy's story be that, and then also making him that way to Joyce, that, and to Elle, that, that just, like, got on my nerves a lot. And it's also why it was like, okay, Jonathan, I don't care about you anymore. Yeah, he just kind of went nowhere. Yep. I think they were afraid that he would, that the actor would just get in trouble or something and not be able to be in an episode. Yeah. But, so, there was that. But I still, like, felt all the feels at the end of the season with Hopper, despite the fact that, like, no one actually believes he's dead. Yeah. Outside show. Yeah. IRL. IRL people don't think he's dead. Because he ain't. Whatever it's going on, he's not dead. Um, maybe, and maybe if he is... Uh, so, I mean, we've been talking spoilers, but, like, the end of the season, they mention an American in the Russian prison. Yep. Some people say it's him. Some people say it might be Dr. Brenner from season one. Papa. But if it is him, that might uh, be able to plotly explain that he's been in a uh, prison and had nothing to do except work yep. out. <laughs> Are you saying he's going to go from dad bod to hellboy bod? Yeah. Yeah. So that could be how, how they explain that. It's one of those scenes of, like, I still haven't looked up whether or not which one filmed first. I'm guessing this one. Yeah, because I think they, I remember them filming it a while ago. Yeah, I feel like this one just had so much special effects. Yeah, it could, I think it could have taken an extra amount of time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with Game of Thrones. Like yeah. They, they, it took a long time on the special effects to, to do that. Like, mm-hmm. the post was an extra amount of time. Uh, and I know... They were, they've also probably could have been done with it a long time ago, but waited to get the July 4th release mm-hmm. to line up with the story yep. and everything. Like that's they did with Halloween. Yep. That's why I, I'm calling it now the next one's Christmas. 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 Because, like, togetherness and family. And they mentioned Christmas. Stranger Things before Christmas. <laughs> Stranger Things you got you get on Christmas. <laughs> um, they do mention Christmas. Yes, they do. That's what. That's part of the reason why. Like, it makes a. Sorry, lot of... that was me. Just catch, my brain catching up to your yeah. th- thought process. Yeah, because like they mention it. They mention specifically everyone coming back for Christmas. It's a it's a holiday which they really like to do. Uh, on that note, uh, things that they did at the end to maybe foreshadow. Uh, I didn't realize in, until I was looking up stuff because I was like, I have to I have to look into it and see if people, if the internet agrees with me. And of course they do because it's very obvious. But uh, one of the things as like, here is evidence to support that Hopper's not dead. They play uh, Peter Gabriel's version of Heroes mm-hmm. by David Bowie uh, as sort of the outro of the season. And apparently that's the same song that they used in... The episode uh, where we get the fake Will body. Right, which I believe is episode three. Of season one, uh, and so they're like, haha, this is when we, the music we use to fake another death. So, ha ha ha! Coincidence? I think not! <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, we got some growth and returns of some other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like one of the, the classic things with sequels are continuing on 
fan favorites get more to do. Yep. Uh, what was the guy's code name? Bald Eagle. Oh, mm, I can't remember his Murray. Murray, yes, thank you. Uh, he was great. He was actually one of my favorite parts of season two. He was fun. Just, but he was so much also his character from camping. Yes, he was in the show Camping and very, very. But like similar. some of it, mostly because of some of the lines that he was given, he was so much a character. From camping. Yes, and I mean sometimes people have that type and they just do it so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really liked him, and I actually liked near the end, like Alexei. He, Alexei. He, he he wanted to. He enjoyed the American things and suffered for it. Yeah. Also held also, rip open us. He was also terrible, but he. I guess that was another thing. Is like, uh, in this season, if you start to redeem yourself, you gonna die. Yeah, that's why you have to start out okay in this season. Yes. Uh, so speaking of that, we get a brand new character, Robin. Yes. I loved her personally. Probably my favorite character of the season. I, or at least one of them. Yeah, I would say one of them because I I really enjoyed just her and Steve's whole like arc. Yeah, and it goes from you never noticed me in school to like I was always here, but also it became it's revealed to be uh, you should treat me as a person. Uh, it's not that I like you that way. It's just like a human decency thing. Yeah. Uh, and so it just, I like their dynamic. I like their relationship. I like their, their mm-hmm. chemistry. Uh, and I like that they now seem to be like best friends going to try to get jobs together again. He just, dude, Steve is just collecting best friends. Right? It, it starts out like, how many children are you friends with to, I'm now part of these children friends. Yes. He just, <laughs> also, he has a magnet of her friends. line of like, we all die strange child friend. <laughs> it's just a matter of. If and when, yeah, or it was like uh, something like that. I like that it was like here are the two different directions your mind will go if you are drugged, <laughs> or on drugs of some sort. <laughs> it's either trippy, everything's funny, or existential crisis. <laughs> she didn't seem concerned. She was just like, I guess no, we all die. Yes, uh, um, which I found out later was Ethan Hawke's daughter, which is cool. Yeah. I like her more than Ethan Hawke. She's cool. Uh, I've seen him do some really good things. I like him. I just tend to not like just... his movies because they tend to bore me. That's fair. But she was super fun. I liked her a lot. And I enjoyed her character arc. And I hope that we get more of her and just the dynamic between her and Steve. I really appreciated her not ending up being a love interest. Yeah, I mean, I think they they did a good enough job to where it could have worked either way mm-hmm. with her, her basically coming out to Steve. Yep. Uh... It could have gone either, like, I'm not interested in you in that way, but I'm glad you see him as a person now, which is what they went with. Super great. Love it. If she was even to the point of addressing that part of the spectrum that's like, I don't, I am, like, almost completely into girls, but you specifically, Mm -hmm. I have feelings for. And that's not something that we've really seen addressed Mm -hmm. in in shows or movies, so I think well, that would be an interesting thing to explore. Well, generally, bisexuality gets erased in most popular culture. Right, that's why it was so important yep. in shows like uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yep. But for that for that show, it seems to be like a okay. Now we can have her date women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, and I'm so fascinated by that 
area of uh, romance and love of being like, oh, a couple that's exactly this mm-hmm. way, which is like, I am almost completely on this side of the spectrum of sexuality, but you are my unicorn. <laughs> like that, I, I really find that special and, and I find that beautiful as well as the direction they did it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they had two options. They had... I mean, they had a, a myriad of options. Yeah, but like two Too ones, obvious. Two ones that would have worked either way, yep. at least for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, you guys can let us know what you what you guys thought about that. Uh, but, and ultimately, I think they chose a really great path. Mm-hmm. But I think that also would have been really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to... Because of how they had developed her. Yes. Uh, I, I'm curious as to how it's how it's going to go um i i want to know where they want to go with her character cuz we haven't seen her as separate from steve as well as i'm curious as to i enjoyed what steve did in this episode but he didn't have a lot of different forward momentum do you know what i mean he, he starts and ends the season in a similar place. Like, he learns and grows as a person because of his interactions with Robin and dealing with, like, he finally gets to win a fight and all that. Like, I really enjoyed Steve in this episode, in this season, because he's still one of my, like, favorite characters. He still probably is my favorite character, and Elle has kind of returned to that level also, because I just didn't enjoy her story last season. Yeah. Um... But I'm curious to see what they will do with them as individuals. I just hope they keep her as part of the group. I feel like they will, because they're making them work at the same place again. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't, but I think that she fits in the group really well. In the same way that... uh, I I would love to see her actually get to interact with Nancy. Oh, that would be fun. Right? That would be fun. Uh, And just be like, uh, yeah, I didn't like you in high school either. (laughs) Uh, that could be really fun. Yep. But uh, I like, th- in the same way that they basically just added Max to the group, mm-hmm. uh, and that she fits so well and got a, a pretty decent amount to do this season and still was, I, I still liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that they, I think she would fit in the group really well, so I hope yep. they keep her, I don't, like, again, I don't know why they wouldn't, but uh, I like that they keep adding people. So do I, and I like that they keep adding women. Yeah. Because we start out in the first season with a very, like, only girl syndrome, where each age bracket has an only girl. This season, so I don't know if it, if they added writers, I don't know what it is, their female characters became much more embellished, and we also got more. Like, Nancy's mom stepped up as a character. Nancy stepped back up as a character from last season. Max became more of a fully developed person. Elle became more of a fully developed person. We got Robin, who got, like, a really good chunk of, like, character development. And Joyce got so much good stuff to do. Oh, this is peak Joyce. Right? Top form Joyce. Because every, more, I feel like with her, more than anyone else this season, it was like, ah, yes, that's how a person would react. Yeah. She reacted appropriately. To everything that happened mm. to her this season. Like, I bought, and I, I mean, I bought, you know, most of what everyone did, but even considering, like, the ridiculousness of some of it. Yep. Uh, like, to the Austin Powers level of ridiculousness <laughs> of, like, the under, anyway, she reacted how I think her character would yep. have reacted. Oh, and let's also not forget, 
Oh yeah. And she didn't have her like obsessive crayon drawing and like No, she she had her thing, but she was sick and tired of being treated as someone who's crazy. And yeah. so she's like, "No. We're doing this now. We're doing it my way. Let's go." The yeah, the whole again, the whole like female characters. We are she is the she is the leader of I am moving this plot forward with or without you. Mm-hmm. But I think one of my favorite moments is when she called back the like secret agent person secretary yep. and just yelled at him. It was full on may I speak to your manager. <laughs> yes. And it was like I I am speak if you don't put me on with your manager right now, you can give him this message. Yep. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> but she was also polite and gave good day. Good day. Like <laughs> But no, she Winona Ryder was so good for this season. Like, I, I can't say enough about how well she did. I'm just, I know it was like a super sale, kind of a going out of business sale that they, banner that she put up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I don't see how her business even well, manages to business. close. I mean, the bit, what yeah, she, her, the, the her job. Yeah, I'm surprised it even lasts that long. Yep. I don't we're going to close up like three weeks early because no one is coming in here. And we, yep. And speaking of female characters, I don't want to forget Erica. Yes, she was. She felt kind of one note for me, but she got more to do. She was one of those like fan favorites from from season two that got more to do. Yep, she she didn't get as much like, and I don't know if it was a writing choice or an acting choice of like being just all sass, because she pretty much was like all sass. She had a, she was one note in a lot of it, but she was also like it was great to have. Someone else. She was there to counterbalance a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. In yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And she is a mathematical genius, apparently. And hopefully, maybe she will be the one to bring back the D&D. Because she Right? Is... She got the books. Yep. She's got the books. And she is called a nerd and seems to start the path to embracing her nerdiness. As we all Which we should. fully support. Yep. Here on Talk Nerdy to Me, baby. <laughs> uh... But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see if she sort of embraces that and maybe gets uh, a group of her, her friends. Because mm-hmm. she mentions, like, her friend that will cover for her. And, you know, she's clearly a, doing a okay social butterfly. in her social butterfly circle. Uh, and so I'm interested to see if if the Dungeons & Dragons uh, itch is passed to her. As it should to all of us. It's the best itch to have. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, what else is there that you want to cover on this? Where do you think the plot's going to go moving forward? So we we have defeated the monster left outside the he or whatever uh, you want to call him. I don't know if they really give him a name other than he. What do you mean? The monster of this season. The the mush, the gunk. The mind flayer. Oh, yes, Mind Flayer. There, yeah. Thank you. My brain completely went Yeah, out. it's still technically... I just kept thinking of him as Oogie Boogie, naked Oogie Boogie. It's still, like, the one that we saw in, in season two it, that didn't really get It's addressed. just a a part of the Mind Flayer. I mean, it, it got to, like, the size of the one that we kept seeing in season no, two. No, the one that we saw in season two was bigger. It was a smoke monster that was bigger. So it felt like... The smoke monsterness of the Mind Flayer, whatever existed outside the portal could not exist on its own. 
and thus had to inhabit a host to bring yeah, it body. Yeah, I guess it wasn't like, it was still that monster, but not like the full form of it. Yep. And so I think that's why they had to... It didn't get Rita repulsed it all the way. <laughs> and so I think this is actually now making more sense to me. Because ha- it's a smoke monster when you look at it in season two. And the way, all of the different places that we see it in flashbacks and what have you, it's a smoke monster. It doesn't have enough to hold form outside. Are you calling it a monster, squishy, meat pie version of Voldemort, where he can't get a physical form all the way? Sort of. Um, but Squishy horpus. But it, it keeps talking about building something and building weapons, so it built itself a body by melting everyone. And so, like, that makes more sense to me than kind of thinking about it that way, of it, like, it needed a body to be made and... and 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 human is a host body, but to the mind flayer who's like this big gigantic creature, it's like, well, yeah, that's a tool to build the body that I have, and then became you know, uh, the meatloaf that you let sit outside for uh, too long. Yeah, uh, that's a long process. Poor mind flayer, man. He's, oh yeah, he's got some steps. Poor mind flayer. <laughs> Took some you, steps to get where to you need. You have to find your person, and then you have to have them sexually, you know. It, the allegory of, like, sexual predator behavior and and how this mind flayer worked was epically strong, and I don't know if it was on purpose. So, the thing about the mind flayer is it's 100% inspired by Alien and Aliens and the Alien Queen from Aliens. And so the whole uh, get on the face, put stuff inside you kind of thing that the Mind Flayer does is 100% from Alien. And it the, the weird thing is, like, the way that they use Billy, his verbiage, as he's telling, like, as he's bringing these victims to the Mind Flayer, is such a... Uh, sexual predator language and it's it's very creepy and i'm just very curious as to why that was the choice like i don't know if it's because of like the allegory that alien has on like sexual violence with the way the aliens are made because that's like the big thing about alien like those i think it was just because there were the the obvious nods are obvious and so i think they took it that route because of then I kind of wish that they had done it in a way that wasn't so female-focused. So every time he does the creepy sexual predatorness, it's on a female character. And there was no reason that the Mind Flayer should treat male and female differently as it's controlling Billy. Yeah, I guess I guess the fault in that is like that's the only... We only see no, female... No, because he does it... To he does the creepy stuff to the mom when the mom and dad are there. They have the choice of like making it creepy to the dad. And, That's true. I, and, they just give it. They have. They just. They just have Heather beat him. Yep. And so like, some of that I think was handled okay, and some of it I was like, you really need to be careful when you're using these kind of things. And I feel that way about Alien sometimes. And I really like Alien. But that was the other thing is, like, the sexual predatory vibes when paired with all the 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 patriarchy sucks and all the other stuff that they threw into this season 
when they came to like female specific story was a lot all at once and some of it was handled in a good way and some of it wasn't and so that was just one of the things that stood out to me as like i i can't tell how far you're leaning into this and what your point of view on it is does that make sense yeah it i i definitely kind of felt that too with some of it it was just like okay if this is your point of view, you should make it clear because it's, it's like, I don't think it was bad, especially when compared to other things, Yeah. but it, not having a specific point of view or not taking a stance on it yep. isn't that great either. No. Yeah. So, cause it's like, it's like, if you're not willing to like deal with what you're putting into your story, then you shouldn't use it. Yeah. I, and some of it did work. I mean, like, Especially, it, I think it worked most effectively on like the reporter people because yep. they were, they were uh, very misogynistic and sexist towards Nancy. Yep. And so that was kind of brought out of them more when they were flayified. Yep. When they were flayed. Yep. And uh, and you know we get a slight resolution that way, in the form of just like rage violence. But yeah, I it's one of those things where like I'm not offended. By it's there's still there's still room for improvement is what, yeah I guess what you're and saying. it's one of those things of like if you're gonna make a choice to use that whether it's because of like paying an homage to a series or a IP that you really like like Alien, um, you need to acknowledge it, you know, take something from it, and hopefully do a little bit better than the predecessor. Yeah. So like Alien. Has some things that it does really great. Has some things that it doesn't do really great. When it comes to like the nature of the story, but you know, if you know that and you wanted to take that to a level in be your better. own, yeah, be better. Acknowledge that it's creepy. Don't just have it be a thing against these helpless ladies because, like, he literally beats, kidnaps, and ties up this little woman and then tells her to lay still and it will be over soon and like the vibes i got from his scene with heather in the warehouse were so sexual assaulty and that was probably one of the few moments in like this like there was a couple moments with hopper and the, like that moment where it wasn't like a comical version of the things that women go through in life it was the scary version of the things women go through in life and it wasn't treated in a way that felt like that. And so it was one of those things that just gives me, like, the eebie-jeebies of, like, I, I don't feel like this was a good way to do that. And so, yeah, that that's my two cents on, like, a critique of part of the season. Which, again, overall, I think might be my favorite season as a whole. Anyway. Yeah. I was actually... Before you did that, I was going to ask you what you thought about the whole treatment of that. Because for that stuff aside, it it seemed like they did a lot of female justice in its female characters. They, they do. And so it, it it's such a weird balance because I can enjoy something and still see, like, the critique of it. So, like, the things with Nancy in the office are... They're played to such an extreme. Yeah. And 
that that like I get the the comedy of it and I get the comedy of like her getting to murder the guys who are awful to her. But you know, it's also one of those things where then you have her sympathetic love interest and I'm using I'm using quotes right now with and I say sympathetic love interest with Jonathan, where like I I get what like their conversation in the car is supposed to be. You know, it's the whole like we're not seeing eye to eye right now, whatever. But he he's taking his own choice in some of the stuff that led up to that moment out of it. He chose to go in and do all of these things. And then he's still really not listening to her when she's having this moment. And so I I start I stop feeling some sympathy for Jonathan and the things he's going through because he's not also you know, taking the time because we're we're coming me, at it from Nancy's point of view. Yes, but to me, I think it was his character not taking responsibility. That was his. Yeah, and I think that's probably where like the, some of the sympathy was lost because to me, I saw it as him like he was getting mad at her because they lost. She it was like she lost them both of them yeah. their jobs and it's like no you should be sticking by her on this you should be <laughs> sticking by her sticking by by her the buyers. <laughs> It was a stretch. I, but, I get it. Uh, but, yeah, I, and to me, that was just kind of like a, well, I guess you're here, too, because he should have. It's like, own up to your own stuff, dude. And I get it. But we also don't establish, like, his needs for any of it, except for, like, a very brief thing. It's like, you're expecting me to remember, because we don't really deal with it in season two, either. You're expecting me to remember, to remember all the way back from season one, which is pretty much his only plot development as a person and care about it right now. And I don't. And so when we've spent most of this entire season journey of the two of them from Nancy's point of view, I'm not going to go into it feeling sympathy for Jonathan. I'm going to go into it being like, why aren't you listening to what she's saying? And then like you get the scene with her and her mom, which was a really good scene that reinforces that Nancy was right. <laughs> And so, again, yeah, then you're just, like, not sympathetic to that. And then you have Joyce going through all of her stuff and, like, feeling all these feelings. And then have Hopper being, you know, not the greatest person towards her for a lot of it, despite the fact that we're supposed to be rooting for this romance. And it's like, okay, I get it. And I'm trying to remember why I think that you two could be cute together. Because right now, you're not giving me that. You're giving me... You need to hurry up your feelings because I'm ready to be over here and you have to be ready. A rant by me. <laughs> she, and I think she got there in her own way. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like they, Partially. They end like, up in a in a pretty good place. Like, the, they end up getting there in a way that's cute and I can be like, sure. But there was a lot of stuff that led to there that I was like, okay. But if he's not dead and he pulls that crap again, we done, Hopper. <laughs> we done with you as a character. Yep. Pretty much. Um, other than that, I really did enjoy, like, his letter and the scene with Elle reading his letter. Like, that was really well acted and it still hit me emotionally despite my grievances with Hopper throughout the season. Yeah, that's, that's two people that cause you grief before but you still feel sympathy for them at the end yeah pretty much um i'm curious as to where they will go with this like i do believe it's going to be like rescue hopper um the 
uh, Stranger Things for the search for Hopper. <laughs> Maybe. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I'm curious as to what the, they're going to do with the Upside Down. Like, are we going? We didn't really get the upside down in this one. Mm-mm, it was closed the entire time. Yeah. But we we are. Kind There's of... a close sign. <laughs> they tried to get them to flip the close sign to open, but they didn't. Closing time. Get out of the upside down, or you'll be trapped with the mind player. Ah, Demon Gorgon. <laughs> so yeah, that that was what I was gonna say. Actually, is we're now back to the Demi Gorgon. So we're back to our OG creature, and. I wonder if we're going, like, back to basics of, like, season one, where, like, we're dealing with the mystery of the Upside Down. What is it? Why is it there? And why does, like, Elle have powers? Are we going to deal with the other kids? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we will. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just fairly curious, because, like, here's the thing. If we never go back to the fact that there are other kids out there who have powers, then the entire season of Elle in season two was, like, why? The one episode especially. Yeah. I feel like they were kind of afraid to revisit that because a lot of people didn't like that. I was kind of indifferent about it as an episode. It was one of those things of, like, I didn't hate it as a concept. I just hated that, like, her entire season was so separate from everything. Yeah. And they they walking deaded her and gave her a completely separate episode instead of mixing it in. Yep. Like one of the things I don't think I really like that as a structure device. Mm-hmm. That's why I think one reason this that this season really worked so well was one, there was very little time that was completely like flat. We they had a really good rhythm of like, you know, story, 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 bam, story, 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 bam to just keep the plot moving. But they also even with their like ABC storylines being like you know, Elle in the gang, Steve in the gang, and Joyce in the gang. Like, with all and of... And Nancy and friend. <laughs> uh, I guess I was looping her into, like, Elle in the gang, because they were kind of all in the same little bit. But, like, so having all of our, like, story pieces and, like, our randomness with Billy, everything was interconnected in some way or related enough in some way or felt like it. Yeah, enough. I mean, they all, they all ended up in the same place. Mm-hmm. So... It all felt like it was building towards the same kind of thing. And so I felt like story structure-wise, this season was much more well done and much tighter in a way that worked out. And so like if they keep the way that the writing in this went overall, I think they'll, they'll have a strong other, other season. Yeah. I think they might end it for there's. I mean, I think that's what they were planning, but they might stretch it out. A little bit longer? Little, yeah, I don't know, but... They do have the end in mind and pretty much set in stone. Um, and I wonder what it will be. Yeah. But it's one of those things of like, the only reason I could, I could be kind of salty about Hopper is because now we're getting to the point of like, ah, yes, the plot armor is strong on this show. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of their fault. I mean, you can't kill kids. I mean, you can, but like... Barb. You can't kill the important kids. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, technically, Billy was a kid. Yeah. Technically. He was just out of high school. He was Steve's age. Yeah. I don't and think also, uh, some of the people who melted were children. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't kill the named kids. 
The yeah. named important kids. Yeah. They, it's, that's kind of what happened with Walking Dead for a while. It was like, no character is safe. No side character is safe. <laughs> so, and Game no, of Thrones did that too. No like, NPC is safe. Yeah. <laughs> so, and there yeah. you go. All right, well, I, I, I think I've said my piece on this season. I liked it. Despite anything that's gone on through this podcast, I liked it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it kept me interested, and it flowed really well, and kept moving. Yeah, and I and was I had, surprised by the twists and turns and in it was a way that the felt, funniest season too. Yeah, it was really good. I yeah, it was I, the most Marvel of the just have like the dramatic stuff and then have some funny stuff. Yeah, that's what I meant by like writing wise. This was probably their strongest season as like a whole. So I I really enjoyed that. I liked their twists and turns. It felt earned all the places that like the plot went. And I didn't feel like they were trying to, what's the phrase, subvert expectations. No, they did not. (laughs) And it had Carrie Ellis in it. Oh, yeah. Who's always fun. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He got beat up a lot. Yes, he did. And also, uh, knockoff off-brand Terminator. Yep. Obvious Terminator not as obvious. Anything else you would like to say, Casey? I mean, I guess the other thing we had mentioned is, like, they really leaned on the the evil Russian trope. Oh, yeah. By calling them the evil Russians. Yep. Like, I get it, and that was, like, the 80s thing to do is make it evil Russians. But I just wish, I just needed a little bit, just a little bit. Of why it was so important to them to spend all this money and all this research and all this science, do all the sciencey things to open the upside down back up. So I feel like that. Besides because, being evil. So I feel like that's what we're going to learn next season, because we. But see, I wanted it now. Yes, but we were only ever from points of view of people who were not them. Yeah, I I just wanted just a little bit, just a hint of. I'm sorry. Our only Russian companion. Died and also was portrayed as like dumb as a puppy half the time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, good show. I'm looking forward to the next one. I hope they don't take forever to make it, but I they think might. it will be Christmas of next year. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you for listening. This has been Talk Nerdy to Me, baby. It has? It has. Oh, cool. Uh, if you liked it, please leave a rating and a comment, review, anything like that. Feel free to talk at us anywhere on the internet. I am Amory by the Sea on all the social media. I am Case Crusader on all the things. And on that note... I was going to say, excuse you. I think that of tune. Goodbye. Bye.